0: Whichever of these is the case, and for that matter, anyone else that's interested, the OBS pod is for you. Episode 32, The Dark Side. I've recorded a few really quite meaty clinical topics recently. And I thought today I would talk a bit about a different aspect of the job. Why have I called this episode The Dark Side? I've mentioned in earlier episodes that obstetricians sometimes get a bad reputation. We're seen as the bad guys in maternity. We come in and upset, natural, Birth and natural processes with our interventions. Well, our reputation pales into insignificance in comparison to one particular group of staff in the hospital. And these are hospital managers. Hospital managers are maligned in the press. I remember time when there used to be headlines about how many new managers the NHS had hired with how much money. And sometimes in the hospital, when we're unhappy with things, we can blame things, blame things that work on, on a nebulous them, those others, those people that control, that have power and make decisions. So, what do I know about hospital management? As I've mentioned before, doctors are supposed to be leaders, particularly doctors in secondary care. There's an expectation that every consultant will lead a service. Clinical management, which is a doctor working in a managerial capacity, is crucial to inform decision-making. They bring the clinical know-how to the conversation. But there can be a constant friction between clinicians and management. Hence my name, The Dark Side. Management can be very much seen as the dark side. My analogy taken from Star Wars. The Dark Side. And when you take... A role that involves interaction with the dark side or worse still, joining the dark side. That's how your colleagues see you. Doctors have two alternatives in management. The commonest model is to take a management responsibility in turn. People temporarily step up to be clinical director Temporarily, you're taking the tough decisions. And as you do it all the time, you know it'll be somebody else's turn next, and that you'll have to step back down and be with your peers. This can be a sort of poacher turned gamekeeper approach. One minute you're criticising the current clinical director. The next minute, you are the clinical director and people are criticising you and are unhappy with you. Then you step down, someone else steps up. So you have a combination of people looking at you who've done the job, been there, done that, feel they know better than you, as well as those who haven't done it yet and feel that if they were in charge, they'd be able to sort it out. So, you take that clinical management role in rotation. That's the commonest model. The other model is newer, and that's the idea that clinicians might actually be career management. Clinicians may eventually become medical director and possibly even chief exec. This is a newer sort of career path and the sort that some of the training programmes from the NHS Leadership Academy or the Darcy programme might hope to encourage. Doctors leading and running not only a service but a hospital or a region. But at the moment this is quite unusual. Doctors are unique When a doctor takes on a management role, for the most part, they retain their clinical practice. This is unlike nurses and other allied health professionals in the hospital. For them, as they get promoted and they get ever more senior, they stop doing their clinical practice. They become more and more removed from face-to-face contact with patients they can be accused of being out of touch. Doctors, in contrast, usually retain their clinical practice, keep their hands dirty, as it were. But it can be difficult to balance the two. You're trying to do your clinical job, give your best for your patients, but then you're also trying to multitask in the extreme as you get sucked into ever more meetings and processes. You may start out naive and hopeful that you can and will change things. And as the years passed and you pass on the mantle to someone else, you see others do the same. It may be difficult. You may be trying to manage and influence clinicians older More experienced, probably wiser than yourself. And for me, this was certainly true, as I'd worked at my hospital as a trainee before I became a consultant, and not long after I became a consultant, ended up managing and running the maternity service. The rotation system also means there's an assumption that we can all be good managers. That simply isn't true. Some of us really enjoy it and have the skills. Other of us don't. And it's also immensely political. There's very little management training in medical school, if any. Starting management, you suddenly have to learn a whole new language that you didn't know. There are management acronyms, abbreviations, KPIs key performance indicators. PBR, payment by results. It can also be very overwhelming the immense bureaucracy of the NHS, meetings after meetings, where people seem to talk about getting stuff done, but sometimes never seem to actually do it. There can be a series of hoops one has to jump through to get funding agreed, a business case passed or to make any decisions about capital spend. It can be immensely frustrating the challenges you have to face and sometimes it can seem like you're going round and round in circles planning things that are then never implemented. There have been a couple of things at my work that I planned two or three times in my time as clinical director, that then the same thing was replanned again, subsequently by another couple of clinical directors. And yet we're now 10 years on from the original plans. They've still not been enacted. I don't know if you watch W1A, a comedy series about the BBC in which they sit around and discuss things in a very meaningless way. It's extremely funny. And I've always felt that NHS management is crying out for a comedy series such as that about NHS meetings. You can have a meeting about a meeting. Then you can decide you need a breakout meeting. Someone needs to take something offline, in inverted commas, or out of here. This is a lingo that I just simply didn't get. I've always been a get on and do it type of person. And the idea that one would have to justify every decision, get agreement from people that have nothing to do with it, influence and persuade people, I always found quite difficult. Why couldn't we control our own destiny and just get on and do things? Perhaps I'm painting too negative a picture. If this is what clinical management is like, why would you ever do it? For me, the attraction of doing it was that you could achieve far more improving care for women than one ever could as a clinician alone. As a clinician, you see that woman who's in front of you. You might see 15 women in the morning in your clinic. But if you are shaping the service, you might influence the care that hundreds of women receive. Or in a year, thousands there's an immense sense of satisfaction when you can implement and achieve something that really makes a big difference. And sometimes it's only the distance of time that makes you realise that. Another reason that I went into clinical management was intellectual stimulation. It can be quite repetitive being a doctor Yes, there's the amazingness of birth. There's the buzz you get from an incredible day on the labour ward. Undoubtedly so. But learning something new, challenge, improving things, designing a new service, hiring new staff, embracing innovation... These are really exciting opportunities, things that make day-to-day life more interesting and your job more rewarding. Learning from others. Some of the most effective work I've ever done and some of the most enjoyable work I've ever done was done as a triumvirate. Myself, the obstetric lead, the head of midwifery and the service manager working together, bringing those three elements together, obstetrics, midwifery, management, understanding the staffing, understanding the quality of the service that we needed to run, the resources required, and collectively making improvements that women would see. I absolutely loved leading my maternity service. When I look back, what did I achieve? There are lots of things. One of the hardest things I ever did was help expand the consultant body. This was not only a business case to hire new consultants, but it was negotiation with existing colleagues to increase consultant presence on site. It was immensely difficult. And I was far from alone in trying to implement this. It was a priority for many people in the hospital. It left me bruised. It brought me into conflict with all my colleagues. But when our current clinical director recently said to me, I've just realised this job is endless. How do you ever feel you've achieved something? I said to her, Yes, at the time, it's difficult. You have to prioritise. The list of jobs is endless. There's way more work than time in a day. You have to learn to delegate or you have to learn to juggle. You have to learn what needs doing immediately and what can wait. But when I look back, the thing I am most proud of is that 10 years on, 98-hour consultant presence on site in the hospital is seen as normal practice. And whatever else happens, I can look back and think I was a key person in helping achieve that. What of managers themselves? If we stop blaming things at work on them, making them have power over us, leaving us as helpless victims, and get to know them, we can understand that they're not other, those people that we don't know and understand. Most hospital managers I have met are exactly the same as us, similar in trying to do the right thing in challenging circumstances with limited resources in an extremely hierarchical organisation. Hierarchy is everything, both in the hospital and the NHS as a whole. In some ways, being a clinical manager, as a doctor, you're the ultimate flattening of that hierarchy. If you're a medical director, you could be on the board and still working on the shop floor, as it were. For me, I've been on the executive management committee at the hospital and still 50% clinical, working daily in maternity. Managers face tough decisions and immense responsibility, just like us. Different, but the same. When I look at the coronavirus pandemic that we're currently in, I think about my manager colleagues, past and present. And I think how incredibly difficult a job they are trying to do. How one makes decisions about expanding intensive care, deploying staff and looking after people with coronavirus alongside meeting cancer targets and continuing elective work so that people don't have delayed treatment of other illnesses is an operational nightmare. In my experience, managers are motivated by just the same sorts of desires as us. Often wanting to help people. Often wanting to do something of value. Usually with a fierce belief in the NHS as a good thing some of the managers I've worked with have been inspiring, amazing at teaching me to be more than I thought I could ever be. And some of them remain really good friends. So I have a very healthy respect of hospital managers that perhaps isn't universal in clinical staff. I learned to use your mount about a side of healthcare I didn't know. We need to understand healthcare in the whole. Simply designing an amazing clinical service is actually fantasy. We need to use managers to bring the skills we don't have and vice versa. They need us to bring the clinical knowledge they don't have. It's very similar to my work with women. They can fill in our blind spots. We need to try and unpick what the barriers are and work together to push forwards, taking joint responsibility. My zesty bit this week is value managers and their contribution. Try and understand them as people and their perspective don't be afraid to step up for a time run a project develop a service step out of your clinical comfort zone and see what you can learn from the other side from the dark side learn from them too as they will learn from you so I do hope you've enjoyed listening to the Obspod. If you have, do like, subscribe or leave a review and join me again to explore more about the life of an NHS obstetrician. I'm finding it really exciting to have people listening and give me feedback about what they've found interesting. So please do recommend the Obspod to other friends, colleagues, or people who you think might find it interesting. I'd love it if you'd share with me what you've enjoyed about listening and if you've done anything differently as a result. I can be found on Twitter at fwmaternity and at the ObsPod. And please do check the matexp hashtag, hashtag #MATEXP and the website matexp.org. for more information and ideas on how to improve women's experience of maternity care. Finally, I'd like to reassure you that I take confidentiality very seriously. And although I'm talking about experiences from my working life, I'm taking great pains to make sure that I anonymise the stories and talk in more general terms so that I keep confidentiality of my women I currently care for and have cared for in the past, very safe. Many thanks for listening.